listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. We are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Podcasting to you from the center of the center of Oklahoma, known as Oklahoma City and Oklahoma County and Oklahoma State. I am one of your hosts, <laughs> and my name Oklahoma is State. Tim Kilkenny. And podcasting from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where it was 74 degrees today and 24 degrees tomorrow. I'm Andrew Hoffman. <laughs> Welcome, Andrew. How you like that? It's always funny when I was in the Northwest and people were like, the weather changes so fast around here. It's like, yeah, it doesn't. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a thing. It's mainly going to be. I mean, it goes from like, you know, it'll rain with like sunshine still in the, you know, yeah. that sort of change. But uh a 50 degree temperature change in a day is pretty extreme. Pretty extreme. Now, the one I, I will give the Northwest one thing which I had never even heard of or knew was a thing, but there because I guess it's all the mountains, but there is microclimates. Yes. So like yeah, it'll be true. it'll be raining in one neighborhood but not another. Like it's really strange, but Yeah. So that is, that is the Northwest thing. So anyway, we got our Northwest weather bit in there. Let me go ahead and check that off right here. Check that Northwest off and you I forgot to ask you if you're recording. Are you recording? I am recording. Check that. Right. We could check we could we could check that one off too. I am All recording. Right. Yes, no. Th- this is a this Revelations Radio News 310, it is a special episode. We do have a guest, and we'll play that interview for you in a bit. Ah, yes, yes, uh, yes. But I do have some information on what we talk about in the interview. All right. We talk about uh, what's going on in East Palestine, Ohio, but we talked about on the that on the podcast last week, so if you are, you know, if you've been on a media fast or what have you and you don't know what we mean by east palestine ohio then listen to last week's episode um but uh so we talk about that and we talk about what i only became aware of this week the asbury revival in kentucky at asbury university and i just saw kind of social media coverage of it 
And I was thinking, oh, those Pentecostals, I tell you what, what are they up to now? Revival, is it a, what, a, you know, is this a, is this a scam, Tim? That's, of course, <laughs> cynical Andrew's first question. So I <laughs> I did a little digging, and I actually saw some comments that Tom Dunn had made about it. Um, and you'll hear his take in, in a little bit. But so this is not uh, Asbury University's first revival. This they are actually known for a revival that occurred in 1970, to the point where they had um, a big kind of 50th anniversary celebration about okay. it. Okay. So Asbury University. Um, can go on there. I put their kind of statement of faith in the show notes. Um, and then kind of their, I don't know, historical, it goes back to John Wesley, who was a revival preacher. And lots of people came to faith through hearing him, through hearing him preach. And he's known for a, uh, what's what's called like uh, perfection theology, where it's like, you know, you're saved, God's changing you, no reason for you to sin anymore. Um, which can be, you know, <laughs> can be a lot for people to handle. Um, but uh, that's, you know, so it's not just you need to be saved. It's like you need to be saved and your life needs to change. <clears throat> and that's the evidence of you being saved. So that's kind of the, the history of it and the idea of revival, which it's not just American, um, but it is, you know, pretty well known in American Christianity. The idea of revival where there's the spirit of God moves in through hundreds and thousands of people and they they repent they and their lives change so i think it's in some ways it's probably too soon to tell you know are are people is this a change that will last but i'm certainly hopeful that it is um the basic story of how this happened the, the Asbury University has three required chapel services a week. So 10 a.m., three mornings a week, you go to chapel. And so it was just the normal one of those chapel services. And I've got a couple of clips from the, the pastor that spoke, pretty normal, you know, talking to a college audience stuff, uh, talking about his favorite gelato and other you know <laughs> foods he loves in in Lexington Kentucky um, but also talking about Romans 12 9 through 21 and the love of God and how without God's love we're not capable of actually loving anyone and God's love is what what makes true and meaningful love possible so um <clears throat> Through that, 
he kind of invited people to stay afterwards. Only a few students did. One student, and I'm going through kind of... Uh, they should be first-hand accounts, but <clears throat> or claim claim to be first-hand accounts. Um, and he, he got up and shared that he had tried to commit suicide and God had saved him and God was, you know, he, he just tested, gave his testimony. Uh, the worship team had left, you know, the service was over. Worship team comes back from lunch. People are still there. Students are still there praying and they start singing again. And <clears throat> basically it keeps on going all day and on into the, the next 10 days and by the uh, early this week we're talking on a Wednesday um, by this past Sunday and, and Monday there were 20,000 people there and this is a tiny tiny school people drove from all over people drove from Canada people drove from all over the US and you know it's as we talk about in the interview with Tom, you know, I'm sure there were people there with, with bad motives, but I think there were a lot of people that were there to uh, maybe partially out of curiosity, but out of a genuine desire to see God working and to experience God's presence. So um, let's play kind of the intro clip from, let me get his name here, Zach. Mere creeps. We're going to continue in in Romans 12. That's the star, okay? God's word. Oh, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Is this uh, Asbury Revival 1? Yep. Okay, sorry. We're moving in our midst. That's what we're hoping. Uh, like I said last week, and I'll continue to say anytime I get to stand with you guys, uh, I hope you guys forget me, but... Anything from the Holy Spirit and God's Word would find fertile ground in your hearts and produce fruit. I think he meant it. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, but I also don't think he had any idea sure. uh, what was about to happen. You know? right. so, so let's hear, he goes through the, the passage, um, Romans 12, 9 through 21. So this is um, I don't know if you have any verses of the day, but this is kind of a cheating version of verses okay. of the day for me. You can fit it in our story. That's good enough. Yeah. Let love be without hypocrisy. We could just stop there, right? Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men, if possible, so far as it depends on you. Be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, what do you do? Feed him. 
And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will keep burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of God. So as he says in his intro, um, I didn't clip that part, but 12 verses, 30 commands. <laughs> so it's a, it's a very demanding uh, passage of scripture there from Paul. And, you know, I'll, there's a lot of stuff that we can't do on our own strength in, in those verses. And so it's, you kind of have two choices. You either kind of explain away like why you don't really need to do what the Bible says to do, or you have to rely on God to do those things through you. So that's anyway. So hopefully you enjoy uh, this interview with Tom Dunn. Tom has been familiar to both him and I going back to about the year 2010. Uh, he is a protege of Russ Dizdar and worked with him for many years. Uh, we played a clip from Tom um, after the after Russ Dizdar died not too long ago, and um, so yeah, we've we've both uh, met in person with Tom at different conferences and things, and so hopefully you enjoy this interview. Okay, so without further ado, uh, I bring to you the a good friend of the show, uh, Mr. Uh, Tom Dunn, who has put on many... Uh, he used to do a show called Prayer Watch. He's done a lot of different podcasts, worked real closely with Russ Dizdar for years, and I just found out, did the last day's conference where I actually got baptized, so very close friend of the show. Uh, Tom, thank you for joining us. Wow, it's so surreal hearing your guys' voices again. Thank you for having me and reaching out to me after all this time. It's a privilege to be here. Yeah, well, you know, when when there's a revival going on, and I'm wondering what, you know, what side of the spiritual battle equation is happening, there's there's not a lot of people to, to call, and I, I happen to see See Tom um, commenting actually on a, a Facebook post about the Asbury revival, and I was like, I would like to talk. I would like his take on it. So that's that's why you're here. And then when I reached out to you, I'm like, wait a second, Tom's in Ohio too. And as Tim and I are very familiar with, if something happens in your state, it automatically means you're <laughs> right next to it. So so yeah. Tell us about uh, East Palestine and maybe just general distance from you. And I know you've uh, I, I caught an episode of yours um, on your on Through the Black. Is that the yes name of the show on on YouTube? There, so Through the Black on YouTube, right. and um, where where you talked about it. But yeah, what's what's going on there in Ohio? Well, um, yeah. Uh uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess it's been a couple weeks, maybe a week and a half ago, I started getting all these emails, people checking on me like, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> You're in Ohio, and, you know, I'm worried about you. And I said, yeah, I'm okay. What's going on? And I remember hearing about, you know, this train derailment, but I didn't think much of it. And apparently it's a bigger deal um, than what I originally thought. And then, you know, what uh, 
uh, you know, um, what many of us knew about. So this is, like I said, it's about two hours away from me. Uh, I actually know people in the area and I began to reach out to uh, people that had connections up there. And I guess the first thing I heard was, of course, anything that you hear on the news or from the government is not true. There are people that are outside of the first information that I heard was there are people outside of the evacuation zone that have burning eyes and burning skin and uh, there's something to be really concerned about up there. Right. Uh, we, um, we were concerned just because, you know, this is in our state. We, we know people um, that, that are close to there. Um, and is this, you know, is this going to spread? Could this go into the Ohio River? Could this go into some of the other watersheds? How will it affect us? Um, uh, my, my son actually lives closer uh, up there. He, he lives about an hour away. So you just wonder how it's, you know, how it's going to affect you. Um, this could happen anywhere. You know, I have, um, I've been watching what's going on on the West Coast with the Colorado River. And I thought, wow, um, they're, they're running out of water over there. It seems serious. I'm glad I'm safe here in Ohio, you know. And then this happens. Um, and here we are. There's concern about chemicals in the water. We've seen the videos. And, um, and I'll tell you, my take on it, my personal opinion is, I think people need to evacuate that town until they yeah. know for sure that yeah, the water yeah. in the air is safe. Uh, yeah. I, my heart's broken. Uh, I talked to my wife about this last night. I said, if if we had to leave this house, could you imagine if we had to leave this house and not look back? Because yeah. all of a sudden the water in the air is poison. It's kind of crazy. And um, I, I mean, what would you do? There's no place to go. So I see a lot of people that are, that are just really uh, opening up their homes to these people. There's, you know, uh, I'm following a Facebook uh, post right now. It's called uh, United for East Palestine. And people are putting up saying, hey, I got an extra bedroom. Hey, I got this. I got that. You can come here. You can stay here. Whether it's temporary or permanent, you know, if you want to relocate. Uh, everybody has the, the same feeling like these people need to leave this town and, and not look back. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I hope that it's not as bad as what it seems like it is, but I, don't, I, I think it's really bad. Yeah, we, we talked about it quite a bit last week, and that it's interesting that even there in Ohio, it wasn't, they managed to keep it out of the news for the most part. You know, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, the power of the media is really amazing like that. They can make you focus on something in Ukraine and make you ignore possibly one of the worst, you know, environmental chemical, you know, poisonings in our country's history. And it's just, it's out there. And then there's been other stuff. And, you know, part of it could be the effect of you notice one, you notice others. But, man, it, it seems like there's a larger agenda going on of, like, just general poisoning everything. Poisoning the water, poisoning the air, poisoning our food. And that's what we talk a lot about on, on our show. And, man, it's a... It's tough not to see some intent there, you know, whether whether the actual event was an accident or not, but how it's being, you know, just the all the food processing, all the, you know, 
Oh, you've right. got to you've got to wipe out your chickens because there's we we did a PCR test on one of them and they've got the bird flu. So you know, kill all your chickens. Oh, oh, now there's a neck shortage, but we're making fake eggs now with less cholesterol. Thank you, Bill Gates. So, it, man, it's a uh, it feels so, like a, a yeah. bit of a war zone out there. Well, you know something's going wrong when they're like, you know, let's talk about UFOs. Let's just uh, yeah. let's, talk, let's talk a whole bunch about hey, UFOs. Balloons. <laughs> right, right. Look at the balloon. <laughs> Look at the UFO. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Babylon Bee has had some fun. Oh, with that, with it's hard stories. to tell what's parody anymore. Yes. No kidding. <laughs> um, you know, uh, last year when uh, these stories were coming out about all of these food processing plants and these warehouses, I thought, I just, for me, I always lean skeptical because what I'm convinced, I, I feel like it's, uh, you know, I really have the evidence, okay? Um, and I'm like, okay, this is this really happening? Right. You know, and then I started um, researching story by story, like uh, city by city, where these things were happening and looking for source um, uh, news stories, you know, like, like, where did this come from? Is this real? Did this happen? And I was able to track down all the stories. And then I thought, maybe this happens all the time, and we don't even know about it. Right. So what I did is I picked kind of a random type of a business to see if I could find as many um, of these businesses burning down as I did the food factories. <laughs> And I did, and I picked flower shops. I just said, I'm gonna look up and see if I can find 20 flower shops that have caught fire, okay, over the last however many years. And I did, I found a ton of flower shops. So, I don't know what I was trying to prove. Um, I thought, I, I just kinda wanna do a study in how we look at the news or how news is reported, right? Sure. And I thought, maybe there's something to this, but shortly after that, I, I was more convinced because of um, you know more information that came out. I'm like, okay, what is happening here? There, there, this, there's a pattern, right? And um, uh, I, I can't explain it, but regardless of, of what the truth is, we still have to deal with it. We still need to be aware of it. We still need to be able to cover the basics, you know, uh, clean water, food, uh, shelter, and defense. So... Um, this is, uh, you know, we uh, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned the last days conference. Uh, that was over, what, 12, 14 years ago. We were talking ago. about, yeah, th the things that we talked about in conferences and, and on podcasts for years are really kind of all coming together at the same time. And um, it's, uh, it's fun to kind of see, you know, this happen. And, you know, I, I don't know if fun's the right word, exciting. Um, or horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Horrifying, yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know how you felt, but during like during 2020, I kept thinking back to 9/11, and I had always wondered, like, would I would I have felt better about 9/11 had I really known what was happening? And then during COVID, I was like, nope, definitely feel worse. <laughs> definitely feel worse. Don't like this at all. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, there's some echoes of 9/11 with the the air is safe to breathe. You know, even with the toxic cloud hanging there and yeah that's wild oh the ap epa says there's safe to breathe you know and then we we played some clips last week with the guy who was talking about like well when they say they didn't test anything that concerns them 
what are they testing for? Right. You know, they're not. It's very easy if you're if you're trying not to find something. It's very easy not to find it. <laughs> but yeah, just test um, test for something else there. But. They um. They I guess that there was somebody they were offering to test, but the tests were like even super expensive, like thousands of dollars to be able to have your home tested. Uh, since then, there there have been companies that have you know stepped up and offered their services for free, but it's it's like how can any could anybody even afford any of this? And you know the governor of Ohio said, hey, you know it's a, the smoke has gone away; it's safe to go back home. And I I don't know. I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone. Like you couldn't write a script like this for a movie, they or maybe you could. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like they did. There was a weird uh, pre predictive programming movie that came out. Was it last year, Andrew? Yeah. Was, yeah. Tom. Tom's aware of that one, but yeah. yeah, yeah. White. Yeah. White, white noise, noise. Right. Yeah. So. Again, yeah. It's just like. Um, okay, and one of the people, you know, at least one person that's in the film that mm-hmm. has an extra was from that town. Okay. Um, it was filmed in and around Ohio. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know what to say. Predictive programming. Yeah, yeah in the yeah, in like, the show notes, I've got the link to your last, or it actually wasn't your last episode, but the episode where you talked about it, the toxic emergency in Ohio episode. So uh, people should definitely check that out if they haven't seen it. But since we've, since you are about to go do that show, um, let's talk a little bit about this the Asbury revival thing. Um, I'll work some introductory stuff in into this episode later. But um, yeah, what what's your take as far as is this a genuine move of God? Is this people trying to get attention? What what are you? What's your um, kind of discernment so, say about this yeah I, I think that's a good I think that's a good question there's a lot of uh, questions around this and um, I've seen this you know of course across social media a lot of skepticism or you know people looking for answers and I've seen on both sides confirmation and criticism you know um, my personal take is um, uh, you know God can show up anywhere he wants to when when God is um, when God is worshipped, when He is lifted up, people are drawn to Him, and it can be in, even in the midst of something that might not be a uh, what you agree with, or your denomination, or even even something that's a little bit you know not a hundred percent true. Um, I'm not saying that's what's going on in Asbury. There's a seminary down there. Uh, I personally don't have a problem with the theology. Many people do. Um, my personal take, and I have a friend that went down there early on, and his report was that this was a, you know, this was a genuine, um, uh, manifestation of just, um, uh, of God and, um, the moving of the spirit. Uh, this is not, uh, the place where this comes from, nobody set out to do this, right? They were having a chapel meeting. And uh, it just kind of happened, and, and people began to worship God, and people began to repent, uh, and uh, it just it didn't stop. 
Um, people showed up. People, are, from what I understand, people are still showing up. And I saw uh, reports as of two days ago that um, that the highway patrol said there were like twenty thousand people that were coming in. You know, as of just a few days ago. So, are there going to be people that try to hijack it? Are there going to be people that try to um, you know take advantage? Definitely. Um, but I think there's going to be plenty of people that are going to look to what happened there and say, man, this was life-changing. Um, I've definitely had those spiritual experiences, you know, we, we might call them mountaintop experiences. And maybe if either one of you guys told me about them, I'd be like, yeah, right, Tim, okay. <laughs> um, that's kind of weird. Sure. But I've, ha I've had those, and I've had moments where I felt like, man, I, I feel like I'm enveloped by God. I, I feel the presence of God. I, I'm weeping, you know. I can't explain it. It's a it's a move of God, and I think that's what people are experiencing down there. Um, this is, is it, I want to say this is a Methodist campus. Is that right? So, so, so I thought it was Methodist, too, because I always associate just Asbury with Methodist because there was a Methodist church in my hometown by that name. Uh, but I was looking at it. They, it's uh, it comes from the Wesleyan. Okay. Oh. Um, and so it's kind of a, um, like the the preacher who was doing the the chapel service that kind of kicked the whole thing off is from the CMA church. Interesting. Okay. So, so. I grew up I grew up in uh, some Pentecostal churches, and then eventually we kind of left the Pentecostal church, Assemblies of God and went to a Wesleyan church. It was an amazing Wesleyan church, but, you know, obviously, John Wesley kind of split off from the Methodist church on some very basic stuff, but calling it Methodist is not too far from accurate. No, it's, that, that's true. It's just, it's, it is very, it is very evangelical, yes. not the Methodist that's like the, um, you know, you see on uh, woke preacher clips on Twitter. There. Oh, yes, oh, yeah, yeah. Some of the Methodists. Yes, you're right. Have gone. Yeah, not to be confused with the United Methodists. Sure. Right. Um, and there's a Wesleyan I, College, I think, in Indiana, and one in uh, Oklahoma here. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Indiana Wesleyan University. Um, uh, I actually went uh, for many, many years to what's called a Free Methodist Church, which was a uh, they broke off from the United Methodists like a hundred okay. years ago. Oh wow! Right. And yeah, definitely, you know, teachings of John Wesley. Um, there, uh, it's all in their, you know, their training about their denomination and all that stuff, like their and classes. Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys would know better than me. You're kind of scholars at this sort of thing. John Wesley was famous for big revivals, wasn't he? Yes. He would he would have yes. like super long hours long <coughs> services. Yeah, yeah, and just preaching. Yeah, I don't, I'm afraid I'm, this this could be wrong. Uh, I don't know if he was a hellfire and brimstone preacher, sure. but I mean he preached, um, he preached and preached, and he got attacked, and he got thing, rocks thrown at him, and he still preached, and he wiped the blood off, and just kept moving on. And um, <laughs> yeah, he's um, uh, definitely you know uh, legend. Yeah, as far yeah. as uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And there's been other, you know, if you look at, because I, I attended a CMA church for a while, um, so I'm somewhat familiar with their background too. Like, um, there's 
there's been some really good preachers from that kind of general yeah i guess denomination's not quite the right word but uh yeah there's and it's very so it's to to someone like you know like me a southern baptist i guess you could say uh seems more pentecostal but sure. they there's a pretty hard line between uh the wesleyan stuff at asbury and you know more what you think of with pentecostal churches so i don't but um, I, I guess i don't yeah. um you know i mean there's that stuff's interesting but when i first heard of this it's like oh is this like getting a bunch of media attention to make christianity look bad and you're you know they're gonna be writhing around on the ground and crazy stuff happening and it you know i'm always suspicious of stuff that is on fox news or <laughs> what have you and and there's tucker carlson interviewing the student body president about this but then when you see stuff that was going on it's like it looks like a pretty normal worship service i watched the you know the chapel service that started this and it's like well that could have been like the christian college i was at chapel service it was very um it to me it didn't feel like it was a manipulated thing of where it's like let's pretend this big spiritual thing's happening and it, it didn't feel like that at all it felt very um you know organic and legitimate at least to me and obviously you know when you get twenty thousand people there there's twenty thousand uh some of them are gonna have uh bad intentions and probably be there to screw it up and the university president kind of shut the thing down because the town was freaking out at him for all the people in town and um i don't know if you have any any takes on that but it it's like at some point we got to accept the win too it's like god's real he moves people and the desire to worship him is is real and that's what we should be doing so and if it's um yeah. one of the people you were talking with tom uh jesse morell is a kind of a street preacher guy and he said you know true revival means repentance so it's which i i do agree with that and but i think you you could see that with this this movement as well i think so and um i, I like i saw all kinds of criticisms you know one of the criticisms was well it's uh it's not this denomination, so it can't be real, or it's not what I believe, so it can't be real. Um, you know, um, there were and then some of the criticisms, well, I didn't hear the gospel preached, or I didn't see repentance. Well, maybe it didn't happen while you were watching, because I heard many reports and testimonies of, of people repenting and gospel being preached, and, you know, uh, all, all of the things that go along with that. Um, and I don't know. I think it's a good thing, and I think we need. Uh, I think we need more of it. When I was, um, man, how old was I? Maybe I was about 24. The church that I was going to, um, uh, I saw. I guess what you would call a, a revival, you know, happen, and uh, it was just started with the worship team praising God, and people uh, fell under conviction. They went to the altar, 
and they repented and they got up and they were changed. And this went on for weeks. It happened, you know, on Sundays. And the pastor said, well, you know, I have a, I, I'm ready to preach, you know, if God lets me, but this just, you know, keeps happening. And it went on for about two months and then it, you know, it stopped. But um, it was, man, it was a powerful, powerful thing. And people came from all around and they were visiting our church and, and they were hungry, you know, for some, you know, for God or, you know, for change or for, uh, you know, to be touched by God. Yeah, it's, I mean, we, uh, people in Kentucky, people everywhere, in Ohio and Oklahoma and our whole country, we we need God. I mean, this, it's not, uh, not looking too good for human political solutions working all this out. You know, there's, um, it, you kind of get the impression that uh, we're hated by the people that are are running things. So the the people and spiritual entities that are running things. So you know, it, we need God's grace, and we need you know whether you call it revival or repentance or um, spiritual awakening. It's <laughs> we need it. We need God. Call it whatever you want. I think God is moving, and, and you yeah. know, people's lives are being changed. And it's a, you know, historically, it's it's usually not the good times when everything's going well that lots of people, uh, you know, come to Christ. So it's it's usually there's persecution, there's bad stuff, at, you know, tough economic times, what have you, and. And people, when they realize that, hey, I can't figure this out on my own, that sometimes it takes that to, to turn to God. So, so mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> well, we appreciate you coming on. Is there any... Um, so tell us, I, we mentioned, uh, so through the black dot, is it dot net? Is that your site through the black.com yes yeah. yeah. so through the black.com um, any other uh, websites or uh, the YouTube uh, channel is also through the black so people should be able to find that if the algos you know don't don't hide it too successfully so. um, guys I just want to say again this is so surreal for me because I used to listen I used to download Revelations Radio News on my um, on my iPod. Okay, before I had an iPhone, and listen to it every time that it came out, and I would listen to you. And I, I honestly, I don't even know what's happening to me right now. This is really weird being on this show with you guys after so much time, and I'm just like, so many people have just lost their minds, and it's so good just to hear your calm voices just um, rejoice in what's happening and, and talk calmly and and just uh, share the truth um, you know this is a revelations radio network is really people the people now don't even know about it and I have people that listen to my show they don't even know about you know the OG days right so uh, and in all of those shows and Chris White and Dr. Future and, and and everything that started in the Gilberts, and that's where I found Russ Dizdar. So uh, anyway, I'm just like, I'm blown away 
talk to you guys. So good to hear your voices. Uh, I've been doing Through the Black for like six or maybe six years now. Wow. And it's um, it's been a YouTube show that, that we've been doing, um, just trying to do the same thing that you guys do, expose evil, preach the gospel. We want to edify the church. Uh, we, you know, we, we go along, you know, the lines of the Rust is Dark, Shadow of the Darkness ministry. That's who I studied under for years. And um, we, we do all those same things. We tackle all that stuff and the SRA and the human trafficking. So, yeah, we would... Um, uh, love for anybody to come by and check us out through the black.com and you can find us on YouTube under the same name. So absolutely. And yeah, it's awesome to hear your voice too. And if you, it's kind of funny if you think back to the network, most of those people that were doing shows on that network, they're still pretty much the same. Yes. <laughs> There's yes. A, occasionally one or two here fell off and there was a lot of other ancillary people who mm-hmm. kind of yeah. who kind of went off the deep end, and it and it's been kind of interesting to kind of sit back and watch. Not and not that I'm better than anybody. I'm certainly not lifting myself up. I'm an idiot. I, I don't know how I've made it this far, but I just I've basically tried to hold on to the truth of the gospel and not get distracted by all of the conspiracy stuff that can push you off in different directions. Anytime there's something more important, like this version of the conspiracy is the most important. It's like, nah, I think Jesus is still the most important. And this is all just uh, the work of Satan. And uh, So anyway, it's just good to hear your voice as well, because through all this, we all kind of agree, like, yep, we're watchers on the wall. We can see all this stuff happening. Jesus is still the most important thing, but there's still a lot going on out here, and we're going to point it out. And I appreciate your voice and all that uh, over the last 10, 12 years as well. Amen. Amen. If uh, if I get anything right, God gets all the credit. That's right. <laughs> Amen. So. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Tom. And yeah, we'll, we'll either your show or back on RRN. We'll we'll talk again soon. So. Awesome. Okay. Looking forward to it, guys. All right. There he goes off into the night or th- through the through the darkness. <laughs> through through the black. Sorry. To sh- Dang it. To sh- shatter the darkness. Ah, through the black. Shatter the darkness. Shatter was, the darkness. Was Rust is Dark. I had a yeah. Shatter the Darkness t-shirt for a while. I don't know where that thing ended up. But anyway, there oh, he goes. Nice. Into the night. Through the black. To to record to another show. He's a hardworking man. So thank you, Tom, for being on Revelations Radio News. And Tim, thank you for... Let me, you know, bring Tom on kind of last minute there. And uh, what is it? What's on your mind this week? What's on my mind? Yeah. Well, first off, I'm just going to put my heart back in my my chest here because it went in my throat just as as you started talking. uh, The second part of whatever you said cut off because I still had the window open to throughtheblack.com. And it starts off with some sort of uh, rock and roll music. <laughs> it's really oh, it started blasting. The show started. Yeah. The show started. Tom's currently talking. So, he what a good dude. He does the show live at the same time all the time. People have said we should do that someday. You know, we could have a chat room and everything, but uh, it's never worked out. So anyway, uh, what's on my mind this week is uh, just uh, nothing. Nothing too much. Just uh, trying to 
live my life uh sickness still people still people sick luckily i'm not i know others are so it's kind of a i feel like i, I hear somebody at work or somebody I, I know talk about being sick fairly frequently still it's a it's a real yeah. issue real issue um but my youngest is sick again i'm kind of sick again although in comparison it's like you know i'm not questioning i'm not expecting uh, and considering my own mortality sick this time so just a cold <laughs> fair enough fair enough i hit the i hit the gym this morning in the uh, on the tv it's like the only time i see the local news because it's at the gym that's it like yeah. how else would i see the local news would i turn it on no no so it's uh, it's on but Saw the you know student killed himself this morning over here at one of the local high schools, and Ugh. I guess it came out that he was bullied, being bullied, and so it's uh, talk of the talk of the town right now. It's a weird, it's a weird segment. They uh, like we are. It's like the there was like a statement from the police, but there wasn't the police. It was just like the newsreader. It was like we know that so such and such person died. They go to Santa Fe High School, or there is a student who died. I don't even they said their name. And then uh, the police are aware of the reason that he may have died on social media and are looking into the matter. And so I was like, that's a really weird thing to say. And then I got to work and people were talking about it. I guess kid was bullied a bunch. And uh, yeah, it just stinks, man. It stinks. And it just reminds me, you know, and I think it's a good lesson for everybody. Is just, you know, when you're, when you're like 16, 17, eight, you know, 18, you know, if your girlfriend breaks up with you or you don't make the basketball team, it's like this, these are like the tiniest problems that don't matter, but they are just enormous in your life at that time. And you have no context for anything. And I think it's just a, a good reminder that, uh, yeah, some of the, go ahead. I was just going to say the self obsession that is a part yeah. of adolescence. Yeah. You know, there's a reason they they won't uh, that psychiatrists aren't allowed to diagnose someone as narcissistic if they're an adolescent, because <laughs> that's basically that. normal for adolescents. So yeah. it's just, it's only not normal if you don't grow out of it at some point and realize that no, not everyone is looking at you. Sure. No, not everyone is obsessing over you know acne on your face or whatever you're freaking out about. So it's man, it's tough. It's like you know, someone's, you got to talk to the kids and just be like, just hang in there, man. Like, it, yeah. it gets better. Like, it gets better. Know, whatever. It, high school isn't it. But, you know, it gets out on Snapchat or Facebook and then it's just everywhere. And these kids, I think a lot of their lives is social media and that stinks because that's and, not cool. <laughs> and don't listen to the people that are like, oh, the best time of my life was in high school. Like, no, mm-hmm. that's for losers. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's like, I like, I like Andrew's just, ah, it's for losers. Just no hesitation. Yeah. Just right so into it. Sorry if this is you, but you're a loser. <laughs> if you're miserable in high school, that's, you'll probably be a well-adjusted adult. So <laughs> if you're having the time of your life in high school and hoping it never ends, then yeah, you might want to read some books, but anyway. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was just trying to to use. I was thinking a lot about it today because people at work. There was actually somebody tangentially involved uh, at the school. Um, 
it just shows you that you know sometimes we make our problems bigger than they need to be. So bigger than they speaking are. Of, speaking of local news, this student occurrence had nothing to do with the high school that where the football coach is in hot water for uh, forcing players to exercise naked as punishment. Is is it? Oh no! Is that, is that a real thing around here? That's a that's a real thing. Yeah. What? Where? Oh, I forget the name of the school, but is it anyway? Oklahoma's... I think it's unre- I think it's totally unrelated. But oh, I don't definitely think it's uh, unrelated. But man, you're really uh, giving we're we're giving off some good impressions of uh, of, of Oklahoma. City Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think the reason we're even talking about these is because they're such outliers. There usually isn't news like this around here. So yeah. So the. And it was, you know, like I said, man, 74 degrees and some of the sunsets lately. Yeah. Unbelievable. They're good. They've been good. They've yeah. been good. It's, it's weird this, in the morning. It's like, do I grab a coat? Because it's cold out there now, but it's going to be hot in like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's been, it, that's been good. I enjoyed that. I've, uh, I better run the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon. I don't think I've said that on the podcast, and that's in uh, April, April twenty eighth. So I think I'm it's twenty six point two miles. It's a really long way. So anyway, I try to wake up every morning and, and go run. Obviously, doing some training, and uh, yeah, I, I tell you, I roll over and immediately open my weather app because I don't know. Because the only time I, you know, <laughs> as if you can you can understand as a family man, if you have to train for several hours a day from running, or at least an hour a day running. Uh, if you don't do that before the family wakes up, that ain't happening. <laughs> it's not happening. It's not happening. So I roll over and it's just like a, it's a, like a, a veritable uh, spin the wheel. Like, all right, what's it like? <laughs> oh, 24 degrees, but clear. All right, cool. So lots of layers. Or it's like, it's windy, 20 mile an hour winds. Like, oh no. <laughs> today, today I rolled over and it says, everything's fine. It's you know 60 degrees i was like that's awesome 60 degrees perfect i get totally dressed and i open the garage i'm standing there it's almost like a like a shot from a television show the the garage door goes up and as it goes up i start to see drops coming into the to the garage and then i look out it's raining out so i'm like well i guess we run in the rain today so anyway just been doing a lot of running i had somebody respond to me on twitter i just posted something like hey i guess i'm gonna run today and and they said uh good I'm I'm running in. I run when I listen to your podcast or something. Gentleman in oh, Africa, nice. yeah, gentleman in Africa. So that was really, cool. yeah, <laughs> listens cool. to our podcast while he runs in the morning. So, like, yeah, pretty cool, man. You could probably identify. There's probably literally one <laughs> listener in Africa. So. No, there's more than one for sure. There's more than really? one. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's we, cool. We could definitely identify. Probably where you live. But I think I don't want to freak him out. Come on, Andrew. I like that he runs. I'm not wrong. I'm not trying. <laughs> no. So anyway, his IP address. Him, but. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I've been doing that. And in the morning, it, it's kind of awesome because you got a little bit of time there. It's just like, boom, what praise music or sermon can I force into my head to start the day? So that's, that's pretty much well, how Then you get the sunrise, that. too. I mean, the sunrises are good, too. Yeah. So, um, I, I tend to get more sunrises than sunsets out here for sure. Yeah. Well, the you have any takes on the Project Veritas stuff? Did you look into that? I I, I haven't. I my 
Jimmy, you hear him talk about it on No Agenda? Or? I didn't. I actually, I'm, I'm behind on No Agenda. Jimmy Dore was on. I gotta figure out the name of this podcast because I keep saying it wrong. It's a super. I don't want to hear if it's heretical. I don't even know. I just I'm so. It's called the PBD podcast. I guess it's a pretty big deal. I think we've played a clip or two from it before. Um, but he's kind of a conservative. Supposedly Christian. Oh yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about here. Yes, I think I have. Okay, it's Patrick Bet David. Thank you. And he is the it it yeah. It's like a big podcast. It's big. Uh, the Valuetainment YouTube channel. Yep. Which if it, if people haven't seen it, go find the interview he did with um, RFK Jr. Mm-hmm. Especially and listen to the end because. RFK Jr. goes through all the assassination stuff. Okay. Like hardcore, like, they killed my dad, they killed my uncle, here's who was probably involved. I mean, like, really specific stuff. Yeah. So, which pretty I've cool. never heard him talk about elsewhere. So Right. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, pretty cool. I mean, he's got four, this, this channel has four million subscribers on uh, on uh, on YouTube. So, actually, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so interviewed McAfee that was an interesting one yeah but anyway Jimmy Jimmy Dore was on there and uh, they talked about it and their take and actually Jimmy's take was kind of interesting and that was um, they were talking about Pfizer they were talking about you know this this country is owned by Pfizer and that's why we're all in the situation we're in he's like see what they did with Veritas you got somebody out there talking about hey we're just don't worry we're gonna make a new virus and mutate it and everything else and it's like the following week like decapitated the the uh the head of veritas and it you know you can't mess with them because that's what they're gonna do to you and i i gut reaction that's how i'm feeling i haven't looked too much into it how about you yeah so i i did a little digging okay and uh and found a I found some accounts of what happened. Okay. Um, let's see. The people I follow a, on Twitter are definitely pro James O'Keefe for some reason. Yeah, so everyone's pro James O'Keefe. Yeah. So including the people who supposedly were complaining about him, they're like, "I didn't, I didn't say that." What are you talking? So it's to me this is someone or you know. Someone who works for a company that rhymes with Lizer um, <laughs> got a hold of the board because there's very few board members on the part of Project Veritas that's the 501c3. Mm-hmm. There's actually quite a few board members on the part that's the 501c4 organization. So it was probably a, a poor, but it was like, you know, people that O'Keefe handpicked. So, and he did a big, did I even throw that in the show notes? So he, he did a 45 minute, like farewell speech, um, in the project Veritas offices. And then of course someone leaked it, you know, when you work for project Veritas, he kept saying like, this is just for internal distribution. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's out there. People can go watch that. Um, and that's his side of the story. So this this is a short um, kind of synopsis from Jordan Schachtel. I think we've 
read some of his tweets or substacks or something before, but uh, anyway. He says, a few thoughts on Project Veritas. It's sad to see Project Veritas essentially self-destruct after breaking its biggest news story ever. Again, I for one am very much appreciative of what was accomplished with the Pfizer story. It's been brutally difficult to awaken people to the evils of Big Pharma and the mRNA cartel. Veritas shined a big, bright light on Pfizer. As for the James O'Keefe situation, I've spoken to quite a few people on both sides of this issue. The anti-O'Keefe contingent insists that the allegations against him have merit, while James's defenders claim it's largely a distortion that there's no basis behind the noticeably vague statements made by the Veritas board. What a lot of people seem to be missing is that Project Veritas is James O'Keefe, and James O'Keefe is Project Veritas. James founded the organization has been in charge every step of the way. The tens of millions of dollars raised in recent years was dished out because of O'Keefe. Without him, Veritas is the ship without a captain. If you put aside the obvious personal and professional grievances, the path forward seems obvious. <clears throat> if the Veritas board has issues with O'Keefe, they should just resign from their positions. They have no moral, emphasis on moral, right to wage a coup against his organization regardless of the claims advanced against him. If O'Keefe did indeed commit these supposed negative actions, they can feel free to document it and let the public decide to, to give their uh, dollars to someone else. The only way for Veritas to be saved is for the board to resign and hand the keys back to James. They can join another board or something, and everyone can move on with Ver Veritas intact. And instead, what you've got happening is the board uh, removed him from the CEO position. Then they put out a statement that said, no, we didn't remove him. Then they told him, you can't tell anyone that you've been removed from the CEO position. And so then he just, you know, did this whole farewell and here's what really happened. And I guess I resign deal. So the, there was like a six hour board meeting where they brought up a bunch of stuff, which he says wasn't true. Like he spent project Veritas money on his wedding the only yeah. problem is he's never had a wedding. Right. He's not married. So, you know, different stuff like that. So he said it was a company Christmas party at what's also a wedding venue. But anyway, so I, I think it was a takedown. Um, is he a perfectly nice and polite person? Probably not. But did anyone think James O'Keefe was like, He's probably such a polite, kind man to work for. Is that, I don't think anyone would have thought that. Um, so it's not like it was a deceptive deal. And, you know, did, did they waste money? Probably. Most of the most charities do. And at least they weren't, they weren't saying like, oh, your money's going to feeding starving children. It's like, you know, give money to us and we'll will do undercover news stories against powerful people. I feel like so. people are so lost for context these days. You know, back in the, let's just call it the 1200s, 1300s, you wouldn't like look at a person and be like, you know, that guy carrying the axe who brought the food home, I don't feel like he's really good with, with kids. So I don't know <laughs> if he's a good guy. And it's like, well, no, he's a warrior, and you guys need food and, and fur. 
And you need that guy around because that's what he's going to do. He's going to go kill stuff, but he's a part of our society. It's like, well, he's, you know, he doesn't want to take care of babies, so he's a bad person. It's like nowadays, it's like, do you think the guy who secretly tapes, like, figures out situations to get into high-ranking positions or even low-ranking positions to covertly record people lying or... (laughs) Could, you know doing things well it's like oh well he's he's he doesn't seem like a very nice guy it's like i'm not i mean i'll be i'll be honest with you i don't think if everybody met me in person this is the show would like me necessarily but, but i'm not it's like everybody has like it doesn't mean it's like this is the thing about the internet there's no <laughs> there's 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 no filter it, you end up being filtered through other people's perceptions and it's like half of the stuff that people are judged for it has nothing to do with them it's the person judging them it's you know what i mean does that make sense yeah, yeah it, it like makes sense and it's kind of like that. well and you know and i think there is there's different standards and there should be different standards depending on what you um on your position yeah, what's the your level what, of what's the value yeah. you bring to the society, and if it, and what does it you know what does it look like? That was the thing about what's the difference between Biden and Trump. I mean, there's obviously a lot, but to the mainstream normie person, Donald Trump's makes really bad mouth sounds and tweets, and so therefore <laughs> he's mean. Mean he's, tweets. He's super mean. I can't believe him. he's so embarrassing. He's so mean. It's like. Well, what, which one of his policies don't you like? Oh, I don't know, but he's really mean. Biden is nice. It's like, yeah, but he, his policies are like the worst ever. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah, but he's, he's nice. Trying to destroy the country actively, <laughs> but he's nice. You know, he says nice things. He doesn't have mean tweets. But he's not so, even. It's not even nice. No, though. he's not nice. But I know. Just, I'm just. I'm just using it for reference. I know. I know. But it's. It's just. Yeah. People just but get the, lost on the, the media. Thing. Media portrayal of it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's if you are the pastor of a church, you know, I would sure. expect a different level of behavior than, you know, James O'Keefe or <laughs> let's say Alex Jones, right? Like he's yeah. a talk yeah. show host. Yeah. So you, there's a lot of stuff he does that, that's like thrown at him like, oh, he did this bad. He spent money. He did this and that's like, okay. The man is a talk show host. He's not. Yeah. You know, if you're treating Alex Jones as a spiritual leader, that's a problem. If you if you and me had to sit yeah. around and game out some of these James O'Keefe, some of the Project Veritas things, like we would have to figure out how to get to dinner with an abortion doctor <laughs> and ask yeah. questions where you know what I mean. Like it's it's not it's not super shiny work all the time, but I think it, it, it does bring light to the situation. But yeah, the, the guy, maybe he's not always nice. I can believe that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I can totally believe that. I'm not, I'm not always yeah, nice either. Just, I got, I got a just, lot of raw edges. It's an amazing coincidence that he takes on Pfizer. Yeah. It's their biggest story ever. Yep. And all of a sudden the board totally, to the point where he claims that Board members were telling either board members or other you know people in charge were telling staff members they were actively soliciting complaints about him and saying if he gets removed you get a raise. Oh my gosh! Like that's that's messed up. So, uh, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, 
it's not the big it's not like we play a ton of project veritas stuff it's just it is interesting you know you will know that we're having an effect if there's if there's ever like efforts to take you down yeah <clears throat> to take us to take down revelations radio news but sure you know i was let's stay small enough and pretend to be even smaller than we actually are and should be all right <laughs> keep our heads down um i've got a steve bannon rant i stole this actually from uh from tom show tom dunn show he okay. played this one yep and uh so this goes back to the east palestine situation and he says it like only steve bannon can say it this is a screw you this is in your face and they're doing it on purpose to send a message they're sending a message and make sure you've got receive mode on your radar and you're receiving it. Embrace this. It's a screw you. If you're American working class, you don't count. You don't matter. Here's what we need you for. We need you to drink the polluted water and shut up. We need you to live near the polluted creeks and shut up. We need you to have those houses that they don't care about, but they're, they're sitting there. Remember, they only did the release and burn because Shaw was most concerned. What were they most concerned about? They were most concerned about the, the liquids in the tanks, the rail tanks, exploding in the, in the shards of, uh, of iron and steel that would come off of that and hurt the local surrounding area. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a bald face lie. That's a bald face lie. A bald face lie. And how can they lie to you and, and, and treat you like a moron? Because they, at the end of the day, they don't care what you think. You don't matter. You are actually the underpinnings of this entire nation. You're the underpinnings. You're the foundational element. What you see in East Palestine, Ohio, is the foundational element of not just the greatest country in the world, but the greatest country in the history of the earth. Okay. It's not those titans on Wall Street. It's not those titans out in Silicon Valley, the oligarchs. It's not this group of clowns up here on Capitol Hill. It's not Joe Biden. It's not uh, Mike Regan going out to Africa for a, a seven-day boondoggle on climate change, on Gaia, on the new religion, on the cult religion of Gaia. It's not Pete Buttigieg, what me worry Buttigieg, Alfred E. Buttigieg. It's not him, Right. Is not and by the way, not this is not political. It's not just Democrats. It's not DeWine. All the establishment Republicans that makes up a new story every day, flies on his helicopter for fifteen minutes. It's not the corporatist Shaw and what they represent, the new managerial class, who don't really understand their responsibilities and their obligations to not just the community but to the nation. Right? We used to have that. In the generation that came out of uh, World War, actually, we've, I think we've had it. You know, although you had robber barons, etc., you had something about the managerial class in this country that put the country and the well-being of its citizens first before the bottom line. But you didn't see that here. You didn't see that here. Uh, you know, other than the greatest nation in the history of the earth thing, uh, I think that was a pretty good take. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it does feel in your face. Very much so. I mean, even to the point where it's like, all right, do you think they? Do you think these morons get it? I don't think all of them get it. 
what should we do? What can what can make flyover country even more upset than they already are? I got it. Let's have Mitch McConnell talk about how the most important thing to all those people is the war effort in Ukraine. And then let's have Joe Biden fly to Ukraine instead of going to Ohio. Ugh. And that's what they did. Yeah. And meanwhile, who knows what minor bit part or no role at all or mainstream part he'll have in it. Of course, Donald Trump flies to <laughs> East Palestine. Right. Yeah. To do uh, uh, for political points, right? Yeah. You know, it's like I could see what Donald Trump gets out of the deal. Yeah. Not so sure. <laughs> like, is he is he going to uh, you know buy up some houses, hmm. get those people moved to a safe location? What's what's the agenda there? I'd like to see some uh, you know some actual work. The the people that are doing some good are it's like the people Tom talked about with like, hey, I've got a. I've got a spare bedroom. If someone needs a place to stay, you can come stay here. That's... It's always the people on the ground that end up saving <laughs> saving each other. It's not. It's yeah. never the politicians. Yeah, and and what Steve Bannon was was talking about as far as the underpinnings of the country and all that, which is you know, there's an element of political pandering in that whole spiel, but there's some truth in it. In you know, it's your your neighbors that are actually going to help you if you need help. Hopefully people in your church that would help you if you need help. And you should be helping your neighbors and helping the people in your church when they need help. You know, it's, yeah. this is, it's not supposed to be the government doing everything, doing all the, uh, you know, government responsible for feeding everyone, government responsible for housing everyone, government responsible for... Uh, keeping their water clean because they don't do it. <laughs> and, and sometimes they actively work against those things. Like, look at the, look at the, oh, let's just blow it up. I'm sure that's better than whatever else would have happened. Yeah, it's, so, anyway, I think that's, I'd, I'd like to say we've talked about that enough, but I, I don't think that story's, going away i think we're going to be hearing like oh you know like this story from uh from the defender children's health defense uh vinyl chloride the chemical in several of the trains that derailed and burned in east palestine ohio is used to make pvc plastic which kind of makes you wonder about pvc plastic to be honest but yeah i know it's pretty much what all plumbing is in our under houses at this point yeah all our water is running through PVC, yeah. basically, because yeah. they said, "Because they said, oh no, we can't have copper pipes. Everyone's copper toxic. We got to get rid of that copper. Make sure it's plastic." Hey, just real quick though, I lived in an old house that had copper pipes. They're not great. They deteriorate. Well, yeah, like they, but, complete, uh, they completely deteriorate. Like it's bad. Then you end up with chunks of co- of copper and or any other metals in your food or your water. Oh, was there lead in there too? Is there you used to have lead in the? No, no, it was too, just but... a cop, just copper pipes. But they definitely, definitely deteriorate. I know this much. I've been underneath 
under my old house had it underneath. Oh yeah, in the crawl space and yeah. I don't know. That's I don't know, a, I don't know if PVC is great, but I know the copper pipes, the, the, the ones we had were very brittle and deteriorated. And house is from the '60s, so it takes a while. I'm not saying it's, but it's it it, it you know. Yeah, that may have not have been a. I don't know. It, it it has made me wonder about it as well. It's like, oh, so this is. I thought PVC was fine. What's what's going on? This vinyl chloride right. is like the most toxic thing ever. Which, if PVC pipe is, you know, it's not like a water bottle where it's like made to leach into the water. Right. Like it's pretty sturdy stuff, so maybe sure. it is fine. But I don't know. It's like you can't find something that isn't made out of a chemical that causes liver cancer. We couldn't. Yeah. It's like, it's like when no other were, options. No, no. It's like when they were looking for like, okay, what is a, a material that we can cover this cavity with and put it in your head? Hmm. Oh, mercury. mercury. Let's just try yeah. mercury. That it's seems really hard. Seems toxic <laughs> at room temperature. Let's just put it in your mouth. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Or. Any number of like that, it's this would not be the first uh, scandalous plastics choice either. We'll put it that way with all the PBAs and PFAs and all that stuff. But all right, uh, back to the article. Vinyl chloride, the chemical in several of the train cars that derailed and burned in East Palestine, Ohio, in February, can wreak havoc on the human liver. It's always about the liver. It's been shown to cause liver cancer as well as non-malignant liver disease known as TASH or toxicant-associated steatohepatitis. Flushing. Yes. (laughs) What's that? No, I just said bless you. Oh, <laughs> I thought you said I thought you said question. No, so no, like, no, no. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Bless you because it was a it was a tough one. Yeah, we've been watching Office reruns, so you know it's a question. Question. <laughs> Identity All theft right. is real, Jim. It's a serious, <laughs> it's a serious crime. All right, with Tash T S. T-A-S-H, the livers of otherwise healthy people can develop the same fat accumulation, inflammation, and scarring, fibrosis, and cirrhosis as people who have cirrhosis from alcohol or obesity. That kind of damage typically requires relatively high levels of vinyl chloride exposure, the kind an industrial worker might experience on the job. However, exposures to lower environmental concentrations are still a concern. That's in part because little is known about the impact low-level exposure might have on liver health, especially for people with underlying liver disease and other risks. As an, uh, all right, as an associate professor of medicine and environmental and occupational health, I study the impact of vinyl chloride exposure on the liver, particularly on how it may affect people with underlying liver disease. Recent findings have changed our understanding of the risk. This is from Julianne I. Uh, Beyer. All right. Vinyl chloride is used to produce PVC, a hard plastic used for pipes, as well as in some packaging, coatings, and wires. Its health risks were discovered in the 1970s at a B.F. Goodrich factory in the Rubbertown neighborhood of Louisville, Kentucky. Four workers involved in the polymerization process for producing polyvinyl chloride uh, there developed angiosarcoma of the liver, an extremely rare type of tumor. 
Their cases became among the most important sentinel events in the history of occupational medicine and led to the worldwide recognition of vinyl chloride as a carcinogen. The liver is the body's filter for removing toxicants from the blood. Specialized cells known as hepatocytes help reduce the toxicity of drugs, alcohol, caffeine, and environmental chemicals, and then send, send away the waste to be excreted. The hallmark of vinyl chloride exposure to the liver is a paradoxical combination of normal liver function tests and the presence of fat in the liver and the death of hepatic cells, which make up the bulk of the liver's mass. However, the detail... So, this is a problem because the liver tests show up normal and yet you you have the liver, which is, you know on its way to developing cancer or shutting down like you were an alcoholic. Not great. And as we've talked about other times on the show, you know, the Western diet, uh, glyphosate, everything that's being thrown at us, generally bad for the, for the liver. Uh, let's see. Uh, some good news. In outdoor air, vinyl chloride becomes diluted fairly quickly. Sunlight breaks it down typically in 9 to 11 days. That's why if you want to do some damage, you got to make sure there's a nice uh, inversion layer at about 1,000 feet to make sure that it all comes back down right. uh, before you know the sunlight breaks it up there. Uh, but it also uh, disperses in water. So this is a problem... With the, you know, if you've got a well near there, you're going to worry about this for 20 years. Yeah. Stuff does not go away if it's not exposed to sunlight and, and air. So it's, you know, this this is a problem. It really is. It's like I, I said, I didn't bring the clip, but there was a, just a local business guy, you know, and it's, He's got a business in town. His son just bought a house in town. And he's like, "What? what's going to happen? Is this going to be a ghost town? You know, like a, <laughs> if we want to leave, which seems like, you know, what we need to do, how do we leave? Like, who, who do we sell to? Who's going to buy a house here? So it's, yeah, it's. It's a problem. I think all those uh, EPA and government folks that are saying it's fine should be right in line to buy a house. <laughs> we got some got some work to do in the area. Move the EPA offices to East Palestine, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. But, yeah, uh, or you could just drink glyphosate. Claim to drink glyphosate on air or whatever, and then never do it. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, it's oh, it's harmless. It's fine. Yeah. So this, it it really doesn't feel like a one off to me. Like we we talked last week, how you know I I said maybe it's kind of a cover up of the vaccines. Hmm. Um, but then I was thinking. Well, you can't just have this be the cover of the vaccines. You'd have to like do this times a thousand, right? 
and then we're, <laughs> we're sending pictures back and yeah. forth, you know, video back and forth of like this chemical plant blew up and that chemical plant blew up and there's a fire here and another train wreck here with carrying hazardous materials. It's like, oh man, like, yeah, maybe some of it is you're just looking for it and social media is looking for it, but it, it feels like there's, there's something else going on, like an actual uh, war against normal people. I don't know how you describe it. War, break down the infrastructure, break down the supply chain, break down air, water, food, everything that people actually need. So, yeah, yeah. It's. I think it. I think they call it at this point. They call it co- covert warfare. This is some. This is some strange. Yeah, stuff. I mean, people are. There's like a. Uh, people are like, oh, it's Russia. It's like, dude, it's not Russia. <laughs> really, Russia did that? Like, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure they'd like to, but where's the evidence? It's anybody but our own establishment, yeah. our own government, our own corporations so yeah which but anyway we need something happier well i don't even know should we do it yeah is it i don't even know if i did the if i did the spreadsheet again Probably should work on the spreadsheet. And I got nothing here. What about there? Nope, nothing again. Oh, wait. Oh, is this? Nope. Yep, nothing at all. My fault. <laughs> I, caught, I caught up last week. But okay, so first off, we will thank Luke. So anyway, people haven't noticed this is a uh, podcast that does not have ads. It's also it runs like a well-oiled machine. Never any hiccups, yes. and we just we, we keep it going around here. We know you could tell doing. the team of producers, editors, yeah, writers that are working on this podcast. Super helpful guys, and I appreciate <laughs> each and every one of them. Although the spreadsheet guy needs some 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 encouragement this week, uh, or discouragement. I don't know. It just depends how you yeah, put we, it. So, we need a James O'Keefe style CEO to start getting people in line here. But. <laughs> That'd be. That'd be nice. That was another, that was another thing they always said is like, well, uh, uh, Steve Jobs wasn't a very good leader because he was you know tough on his employees. It's like did did what part of what part of anything that you ever saw about Steve Jobs made you think oh yeah that's that's a guy who's going to be good with his employee. Apparently he was decent, but you know he could be brutal too. Really right. critical feedback. Yeah. So, but it's you know Michael Jordan was a terrible teammate in some ways, but you know. If you don't want to play like that, then don't play like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's like play, playing for Bill Belichick. You yeah. I mean? Yeah. Do you want to win or do you want to just like feel good about yourself? Yeah. Do you want to win or do you want to do it your way? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the PayPal is super short this week. We have one donation from a gentleman named Chris in West Georgia. So thank you very much, Chris. We appreciate you. And then we actually had, so I'll go to Give, Send, Go next, but we actually had somebody buy us a coffee too. It was a, 
Oh, nice. This is a banner week. This person is awesome. His name is Chris as well. Let's double check. So we got two Chris's for donating this week. Let's double check here. Did we yes. say on the last show you can only donate if your name is Chris? I did was not that say a, that. I don't, I don't remember, remember that rule. But oh, just said someone. So this person was uh, anonymous, but then they texted me and said, Tim, I bought you some coffees. So thank you, Chris from well he was anonymous but he may or may not live in kansas we'll just say that nice and then our neighbors to the north neighbors just to the north better than having canada to the north right oh yeah for sure that's how it used to be so or washington (laughs) yeah oh well there wasn't too many calm down calm down (laughs) we had a real football team no i'm just kidding uh yeah your football team was much better uh, it looks like well, I forgot I was going to do a like a intro on the Sea Dragons to see how many, how few people out there would would be aware of the XFL. So. Oh, is it the Seahawks are going to be Sea Dragons? <laughs> no, there is the the Sea Dragons is the XFL team from Seattle though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got it, got it. Okay, and then over here at Give Send Go. I think we can all guess who the first donor is this week. Danny from Medford, Danny Oregon. Danny from Medford, Oregon. All right. Thank you, Danny. dollars I think he's single-handedly put my children. I would say my children through college, but that's not really how, <laughs> it's not really the stage we're in yet. And uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, and the next step, uh, just okay. within. Hel- an helping to pay for Christian school. Uh, is it first grade or kindergarten? First uh, grade? K- kindergarten. Kindergarten. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, helping to pay, helping to put my kid through k- kindergarten doesn't sound. Which same. is which is such a scam, by the way, Tim, because yeah. the kid's a giant, <laughs> and I know that you're you had him like I know he's young enough for kindergarten, but the calculation of like when this kid's a <laughs> freshman in high school, he's gonna look like he's eighteen. You know, this is awesome. Yeah, absolutely awesome. I had people freaked out. I didn't really talk about that in the show because I try to keep his his life private. But uh, I freaked so many people out. I had him. He was in 2020, spring 2020, when everything happened. He was only three. He turned four in the fall of that year. So he was three years old during the pandemic. And I had him riding a bicycle with no training wheels. <laughs> wow. And people were like, like we would ride by people like, what is going on? I think you even, that's exactly what you said. Cause we came down to your house in 2020 and you were like, keep the birth certificate handy for that one. When he gets into sports, cause nobody's yeah. going to believe he's <laughs> uh, anyway, he's yeah. awesome. He, he's, yeah, you're, you're going to need to have the, <laughs> birth certificate you might need an extra extra form of verification there but print up like 25 copies now for every time we enter in a sport yeah he's uh but you know such a good kid just just the kindest heart and he's really learning you know everything we give him he does so he's learning piano right now and he's really good at it oh nice such such a sweet sweet kid so anyway uh, this is also doing piano lessons so oh there you go very good. Yeah, yeah. Being a giant, I guess, helps to be able to reach all the keys as a, a small child. <laughs> nice. 
Anyway, uh, we'll wrap it up with one more donation that came in with just a, with, within an hour of uh, Danny from Medford's uh, donation, and he is Eric from Northern Montana, or excuse me, Eric from Northern Minnesota. And for all of you people out there who donate on Give Send Go, let's let's start this trend. Let's no longer have Tim have to search the spreadsheet to see if we know where you're from. Just put Danny from Medford. Like, don't put Danny. I mean, you could. It'd be awesome. But <laughs> you just put whatever you are, whatever your first name is, and then where you're from. And uh, that'll make it easy for Wait, me to read. Whatever you want us to read. Yeah. Put that in the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if it's like, you know, Clive <laughs> from Narnia, then you could put that. Just Clive from Narnia. Yep. So we... We're happy to, you know, give as much specific credit as you want to be given, or as little if you want to be anonymous. So absolutely. So our give send go numbers. We started this up in October, and we have twenty nine prayers so far. Uh, it's weird because I can't like see the prayers. So I think we can just like click on it. Like I prayed for you. So that's cool. We appreciate that. Yeah. Definitely appreciate that and appreciate anybody. We could we could use an order of magnitude more than that. So <laughs> Yes, definitely definitely could use the prayers. We enjoy those for sure. And then we got a we got a, a couple of emails this week. Uh, one of them was from uh, uh, our our friend from uh, from Massachusetts uh, who is knows a little thing about uh, thing or two about trains. Ah, yes. Yeah. So, from a cool and cloudy suburb of Boston, Massachusetts, in New England, where if you don't like the weather, just wait a minute. You don't understand, Dave. Uh, (laughs) I am Dave, last name redacted. Hello, Tim and Andrew. I am a train buff. So, he's the guy. Or used to be. I might be interested in some background information about what happened in the recent Ohio derailment. As you know, it appears a hot box was probably the cause. This is when an axle bearing overheats. A lot causing something to enter, excuse me, to either break or melt, causing the car to tilt, drop to the ground, and derail. Here's the article about Hotbox. It has a lot more information. Interesting that it does not mention a caboose. This is what a caboose is. In my day, the caboose held the crew whose job it was to watch for signs of a hotbox ahead in their train and stop the train before it derailed. These days, are ver- there are very few cabooses. Hotbox detection is now supposed to be done by more automated system. And there are some pictures of hotbox detectors in the Wikipedia article above. Anyway, FYI, thanks again for all the work you do. I found that to be oddly fascinating and even if it is the reason it derailed or not just just because i have noticed so when this podcast came to you from the seaside town of edmonds washington there was a train track like it wasn't even a half mile from my house it was like right by the house because it ran right through downtown it was right on the puget sound right by the ferry terminal just right there so i saw all these trains going by all the time a lot of them were filled with coal a lot of them filled with cars uh there would often be plane fuselage headed up to boeing and back oh yeah but never cabooses and very actually not never but very rarely and it's interesting to know that the actual whole function of a caboose (laughs) is for a person to sit back there and to watch for you know these signs of a hot box, but now that stuff is all automated, and yeah, there are flames shooting out from from the axle of the train. Yeah, you know it's not a hard job, but right. it's an important job. Yes, yeah. 
Now we don't need that. We just get that out of there. We, we put computers in charge of it. Besides which, we don't even let the railroad workers call in sick for work unless they give 30 days notice. So, you know, we don't need those guys for a caboose. And well, what, we'll just automate was it, the whole thing. Maybe it was in the links that he sent, but where it, there was one of these detectors that was like 20 miles away or so. Oh, really? But there... There's video footage from about that same distance away. I don't know if it was a little further, or a little closer, that shows the thing shooting out sparks and, and flame and on on fire, basically, like well before it got to East Palestine. Yeah. So it's another know. elimination. I mean, of you can't stick a camera out there. Yeah. Another I mean, is it is there someone on the train? Like someone? Anyone? Like, are these just unmanned? No, there's a guy in the front, this point? and he just, as long as he stays up for 18 hours and calls in uh, sick with 30 days' notice, he can run the train. There's, yeah. I'd, I don't know. They probably get, with all the, I don't know, graffiti and stuff that goes on trains, they probably don't have any sort of security camera or camera systems at all so no probably not you see the you i mean there's that? no way that you could see from the front of the train to one of the rear cars it no doesn't matter how much especially sparks once, are flying off of there yeah. yeah especially once you're on the the like rolling down the tracks there's turns and everything else remember that video like 2020 i think it was or it came out right around then it was uh it showed these trains slow rolling through uh the specific spot in los angeles and people were literally just jumping on the train and pulling out all the Amazon boxes and taking stuff out of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's many cameras on those trains. So no. Anyway, uh, we've devolved into Mad Max. So I'm going to get a four wheeler <laughs> and I'm going to make a, going to make a, a shirt out of tires. So I'll see you yeah, guys. What's the, so basically, you know, we can't really count on air travel. Uh, trains, trucks. <laughs> it's it's like so. How? I, but we have to have this globalized economy where everything is transported as far as possible. Yeah. 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 No, it's uh, it's almost like they've set that whole thing up and then pulled the rug out from underneath it because it was it was moving along just fine. I never heard of a supply chain issue till twenty twenty. Yeah, it's definitely gotten. It's gotten worse, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing how stuff, you know, if you look at the kind of libertarian ideology, uh, Tuttle Twins book on the making of a pencil and all the different things that go into that, it is amazing. And if everyone is just left free to work together and cooperate for their own mutual benefit, great stuff happens. But if it's once you get... <laughs> Uh, powerful entities with a different agenda, there's problems. Amen, brother. Revelations Radio. So we talked about Jimmy Dore. Did we actually play the clip? I haven't played the clip. This is from the same podcast. He had a two-hour podcast with uh, Paul Bet David. The only difference between a... Whoa. 
I'm glad you got this. I think I actually had this marked for uh, for clippage. Democrat and Republican, as Ralph Nader said, is the speed at which their knee hits the floor when a donor walks in the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and so it doesn't matter who's president. Barack Obama was not a departure from George Bush. He was a continuation of George Bush. He took us from two wars to seven wars. He kicked 5.1 million families out of their homes while he made sure the bankers didn't miss their bonuses. He deported twice as many Hispanics as Donald Trump. He, uh, he built those cages that put those people in. He dropped 26,000 bombs in the, the Air Force ran out of bombs. That's a fact. They ran out of bombs. He dropped so many bombs. He did a drone war, a drone program that killed 90% innocent people. You know, if somebody walks into a mall mm. and shoots 15 people down with this gun, that's the biggest thing. Oh, my God. Barack Obama was doing that on a daily basis, killing women and children yeah. with his drone war. And, and he got a Nobel Peace Prize. He got a Nobel Peace Prize. He didn't even do anything. That's how and so it's a, it's a uniparty. It's the, and so when Trump got in office and he mentioned that there's a deep state, they're like, you can't say that. What are you doing? And when he said, hey, when they asked him, why are you leaving your troops in Syria? And he said, for the oil. They're like, you can't bug it. <laughs> yeah. He goes, no, it's for the oil. No, it's for liberty. It's for helping the people. Yeah. No, it's for the oil. It's our oil. <laughs> and so he let the cat out of the bag. And they can't have that. That's what he blew the whistle on what's actually going on. Our wars are for oil. Our wars are economic wars, just like what's happening in Ukraine. This is an economic war. We're trying to put a hurt and isolate Russia. We're afraid of Russia and their natural resources and their manpower coming together with Germany with their technology and their capital. And we've been saying that for decades. And so that's why we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. And that's why this Ukraine war is happening. Uh, and people have no idea what's happening. And what's worse is they have no idea that they have no idea what's happening yeah, that's the crazy part J jimmy's got away with words i love him <laughs> so that's you know it is a uniparty and whether it's jimmy dora seeing it from his angle or i mean alex jones was talking about two wings of the same bird yep i don't know 20 years ago more than that but so it's Figuring that out's good. It's a good thing, you know. There's no good guys in politics. There's no, uh, there's no good countries in war, and there's no good guys in politics. But yeah, no, he he touched on touched on a lot of good stuff there. We started this podcast in the middle of the Obama drone war. I mean that. Yeah. You know, it's nice to see him talking about that, and it was kind of wild for me. Um, in that podcast, I actually learned a lot about him. I guess he was on the staff of the Young Turks for years. And oh, really? Yeah. And then... Huh. Jimmy 20, Dore was? Yes. Isn't that weird? I thought he was a comedian. But, I thought, yeah. No, he was a comedian, but I guess he was a writer for years with the Young Turks or something. And then it was slowly after, shortly after Trump went in office, he started to notice everybody go nuts. And he was like, well, I mean, you know, you guys are saying this, but, it, you know, he's saying this. And they started to just completely go off the deep end and then the Russia gate and all this stuff. And he's like, well, that's not real. None of that stuff is real. <laughs> you can't, you can't do that. And, and he started to question things. And so he dropped off right around the beginning of that. And that's when he started to notice the rift between him and other, other so-called liberals where he said, you know, they, cause they just lost their mind over Trump. And I don't think Jimmy particularly likes Trump either, but they, he, they saw, he saw through, the mess and he saw through their hatred that it was just 
they were just fanatical about hating him and not really dealing with any issues and not really fixing anything or, you know, helping the people or even focusing on that. They're just more about ah, Trump. And so, you know, he saw that. I thought that was all kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good for him. <clears throat> anyway. Well, so I've, the church down the street, which is still the church we go to, uh, Southern Baptist Church, which mm-hmm. I, I didn't grow up in a Southern Baptist Church. Uh, Grand Canyon University, where, where I went to college, used to be a Southern Baptist school, but by the time I went there, it was not really. It was just kind of a non-denominational, whoever will pay us money for tuitions, welcome to come here. So... But that's, you know, I guess the closest thing to a denomination. And they, there's a bit of a scandal in the Southern Baptist Church. There are actually a few of them. But are you familiar with Saddleback Church? That's uh, Rick Warren's church. Your buddies, yeah. Yeah, Rick Warren. Yes, he of the amazing library. Um, so they... <laughs> The Southern Baptist kicked out Saddleback Church. Hmm. So they didn't do it over um, any of the things that they, I don't know, you could probably kick Rick Warren's church out for, but uh, they kicked him out over the, well, I guess he's retired technically, but um, over having women pastors. So Oh, doing, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So. So anyway, this seemed like just, be- uh, just I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk about the Wesleyans and the Methodists without, you know, the they're out there having revivals, and Southern Baptists are out there arguing over whether or not to kick out Saddleback Church. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I will say, look this. at this ama- Look at this amazing library. Yeah. I will say this. I grew up, and I said that with Tom is. In the Assemblies of God Church, and I know there's a lot of good Assemblies of God churches, and there's a lot of good people that go to those churches. I personally didn't go to a great one, and I felt like the emphasis was on the wrong thing. And I found my way to a Wesleyan church, which was awesome. And I have one of my, I grew up, you know, the pastor's son became a good friend of mine, and and I think the pastor is still a pastor to this day. Amazing dude up there in uh, in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. But uh, yeah, it's. I'm sure there's amazing Wesleyan pastors. I'm sure there's terrible ones. And I'm sure there's amazing Wesleyan Christians. And I'm sure there's not so great ones. And same with the Assemblies of God stuff. So it's not, you know. Yeah, I mean, the the further you... It's tough. Because it's like, do you want to be a super stickler over everything? Mm-hmm. And maybe not. But then you start... Like, well, let's just be a little more flexible on this. And then all of a sudden you're the United Methodist, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, and, or you're the Assemblies of God Church back in Hood River with the, uh, oh, we'll have the COVID vaccine clinic at our church. You can use our building to give out COVID vaccines. Great. Yeah. So, anyway. Then you come to Oklahoma, it's like, you can vote here at the church. All the churches, yeah, all the, all, you can vote. That's that's basically the only place you can vote. Yeah. <laughs> Is, are there any non uh, non church 
voting places in Oklahoma? There's no non-church voting places, but there are churches where you can't vote. So you just gotta, you just gotta find one. Gotta find the right one. Well, yeah. I mean, they've got the wherever you live. There's a certain polling place there, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to make a joke. No, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> I th- have you voted yet in Oklahoma, Tim? I don't think you have. Uh, no, I don't. I don't see. Believe that's it. why everything. That's why everything's falling apart, Tim. See, I don't. I don't believe your it vote. <laughs> I'll never forget when I talked about like maybe I'll vote for Trump or whatever, and then. I think you and I spoke shortly after near the 2020 election. You're like, buddy, if anybody's votes are lost, it's yours and mine here in Oregon yeah. and Washington. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I, well, and I, I really hate to vote for anyone who has a chance of winning. That's my other theory. Cause it, then I feel bad for all the horrible things they do if they win. So ah. at least, you know, the Ron Paul vote for president, he didn't actually become president. So we, we never had to, Never had to be disappointed in Ron Paul. He was a, a oh, and did uh, you, consistent. You, that was another thing about that Paul Bet David uh, podcast was Jimmy was there promoting his peace uh, rally, which was last Sunday. And it was yes. a peace rally in uh, Washington, D.C. And he got Ron Paul out of Houston to Washington, D.C. to speak at an yeah. anti-war rally. Ron Paul spoke because uh, J- Jimmy Dore spoke, and I, I saw one of Jimmy Dore's tweets where uh, Rachel Maddow was bashing that thing. Yeah, as a a small gathering, it looked pretty big to me. Yeah, there's a lot of people small there. gathering of uh, a mixture of anti-vax extremists and what was the other thing? Um, far right like far right extremists and anti-vax extremists so it's like well so is jimmy Dore is he, which one's he <laughs> just he's definitely not far right so is he of anti-vax extremists because he got the vaccines so and it was like and, and it wasn't an anti-war event it was a pro-russia event no yeah that's no. how she portrayed it yes. oh <laughs> <laughs> he specifically so. called it an anti-war and he said not a peace rally because I don't want everybody to you know he said I don't want to think oh that must be a democrat thing or that must be no anti-war we just don't want war that's it <laughs> no J- uh, James Corbett interviewed some people that that helped put that thing together so the not Jimmy Dore but some other sure. people that were yeah, yeah, yeah. no so, it's... and it was one more one was a libertarian and one was a you know what you would call a, a a anti-war leftist, I guess, but yeah, yeah. There, which did used to exist. What's that? It used to uh, be a thing. Oh yeah, anti-war, anti-war, anti-war leftist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it being a uh, a liberal didn't used to mean that you believed everything from big pharma and the federal government. That yeah. was not the definition. But. Iraq veterans against the war. That was me. Yeah. It was mostly yeah. liberals, but anyway. On a related note about stuff that happens in D.C. and why I will probably never set foot there, uh, newly released January 6th footage shows non-uniformed officers and police urging pro-Trump protesters to go into the Capitol. We Have you seen some of these videos, man? So they, uh, 
they let Tucker Carlson have it all, so he gets. Is he gonna let the rest of us have it? Or I don't know. I've seen some of it. One of them, like the guy's literally pushing them into the Capitol, like just yeah. like by the door, kicking people and pushing them in. Yeah, there there was footage day one of them opening the door. Like, yes, yeah, I remember. Oh, that. Come on in. Yeah, come on in. It's like how, how is that trespassing? Yeah, <laughs> it's literally not trespassing if someone opens the door and invites you in but anyway um, it was a setup and there's a a picture here of a police officer you know dressed as a Trump supporter who can be heard saying someone's going to get shot and he's standing 15 feet from Ashley Babbitt before she enters the Capitol. Weird. So he says someone would get shot and went right up behind Ashley Babbitt. Not not weird at all. Yeah. Hmm. So that was that was a dirty thing. It was a, a you know, Pelosi was definitely involved with that thing, but a hundred percent uh you know, the Mitch McConnell and whatever, Kevin McCarthy's, and they were in on it too. But. Yeah. No, and uh, uh, Mike Pence too. Yeah, he could have he could have handled things a lot it. better or a lot differently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But you don't, get a, you don't get a challenge coin if you do that. <laughs> yeah. gotta, gotta go for the challenge coin. Is that your takedown Trump challenge coin? Yeah, the Trump yeah. takedown coin. Yeah. Oh, uh, George Soros calls for weather control to stop global warming and ice sheet melting. It's like, okay. <laughs> we're, we're stuck in that one again. It's amazing how few people are still... At least it seems that way. Are still into the global warming thing, like true believers, but they're just the agenda still keeps right on marching along. Uh, there was an interesting clip in that same Paul Bet David uh, cl- uh, interview. I keep talking about. I should have clipped all this stuff, but he's like, you know, you know how you know the global warming stuff's not real is there's actuaries, and actuaries basically, you know, they try to keep. Uh, he, he was telling this to Jimmy Dore. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He said, uh, you know, actuaries that, you know, if the, if the, if the sea level really was going to rise, then, you know, houses in Miami on the, on the water wouldn't, wouldn't sell for very much because of what, you know, the eventually the, he's just like, none of that's happening. There's no, no <laughs> like, there's no proof of it. There's no insurance companies don't want to pay out and then they get actuaries to work on stuff and run the statistics and they know it's not happening. That's, that's, that's how you know it's not real because, you know, they would, they and would so pay the- for that sort of thing. I can. There's truth in that logic, mm-hmm. and especially with global warming. Now the question is, what about life insurance companies with the COVID vaccine? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we've heard from a few of them, right? But it's like, are they? I don't know. <laughs> the The problem is, insurance companies are really lower levels of the big banks. So whatever the agenda yeah. is, they're going to march right along with it. So that makes sense. 
All right. Well, do you got anything else for us? Uh, just on the... They're trying to poison you uh, category. So, the Real Milk Company on Twitter talking about... Uh, he said, years ago I caught a feed supplier adding genetically modified soy oil to non-genetically modified feed. The rep claimed it could not be made without GM soy oil. Trading standards, the FSA, UFAS, and UKAS, all the regulators, didn't want to know. They were complicit in this oil having to be added. I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And then, uh, he's, he's referring to a tweet that says, uh, Customer notice. Marriage's poultry products currently contain an oil derived from genetically modified soya, but we'll be switching to a non-GM oil as soon as possible. GM soya is commonly used in a lot of feed products as it is not gent- and is not detrimental to the animal. <laughs> sure it is. So this is so you're you're trying to get organic food. I think this is maybe for goat for goats so you know you want some organic goat milk and they're feeding the goats gm soy they're just that's got to be in there there's no way to make there's no way to make anything that a goat would eat that doesn't contain gm soy in it it's impossible yeah fake milk it's it's real milk now (laughs) yeah I've got permission to call it real milk. Oh, because there was a there was a battle over that, right? Yeah, supposedly they have, they can call it, they can continue to call it milk and put it in the dairy. So section. you could call you could call uh, water run through almond nut paste. sap. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you could still call it milk. Huh? Milk. Well, you you hear about you got any leads on raw milk for me, Tim? I got one. It's about an hour away, but I got nothing else. <laughs> same one, same one. You see, it's the- almost it's almost worth the. I don't know. Maybe we could alternate we gotta, weeks driving down there or something. But yeah, we got to call ahead <laughs> and then literally just leave six dollars in a drop box and then grab it. So it's all, it's awesome. Those people are so nice and so cool. There's usually got like old school gospel music, like from the fifties, playing in in uh, this little shack, and just go in, put it in, get your nice. get your milk. Yep, little couple couple uh, QAnon signs. Wait, what? No, just kidding. Uh, but there there was like some where we go one we go all like written on this like sign in sheet. I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the. Uh... The can the candy and and nut store I forget the name of it. Oh, they were selling the yeah. the real Anthony Fauci, right? Yep, yep, yep. It's down there south of the yeah south of Oklahoma City. Yeah, south of Oklahoma City, out in Newcastle, Valencia. It gets real country real quick, and people are very opinionated out there. <laughs> yeah. So so, in in honor of the revival. Um. I've got some Leonard Ravenhill quotes. Okay. I was going to say, are you going to sing for us starting now? So L- Leonard Ravenhill was, 
one of the revival preachers, he was, let's see, is he old enough? No, he's can't possibly be. Um, so David Burkott wrote a little kind of biography of him. David Burkott's written some books on the early church um, that I thought were pretty good. And let's see. So he's friends with A.W. Tozer, another good author if you want some some good reading materials. A.W. Sure. Tozer. Uh, let's see. All right. A popular evangelist reaches your emotions. A true prophet reaches your conscience. <laughs> the last words of Jesus to the church in Revelation were, Repent. Uh, you never have to advertise a fire. Everyone comes running when there's a fire. Likewise, if your church is on fire, you will not have to advertise it. The community will already know it. Your doctrine can be as straight as a gun barrel and just as empty. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, the Bible is either absolute or it's obsolete. Hmm. Today's church wants to be raptured from responsibility. Uh, testimonies are wonderful, but but so often our lives don't fit our testimonies. Uh, let's see. <laughs> How can you pull down the strongholds of Satan if you don't even have the strength to turn off your TV? Hmm. <laughs> Some would say it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. If Jesus, if Jesus had preached the same message that ministers preach today, he never would, he never would have been crucified. Amen. Um, yeah, those are those are some of the highlights of the the full thing in the show notes. Kind of an interesting. Um, short account of his life and and then some more good quotes there too so very cool yeah he's uh, i'm definitely familiar with him i think i've read many many quotes from him he uh, yeah and there's too bad he didn't have twitter he would have been he would have been the deal on twitter <laughs> yeah he had the, so he the had short the, form down yeah, he, he had some tweets going oh what was the Anyway, his most famous book has revival in the title. I forget what it is, but anyway. So, all right, and you could find some. There's Leonard Ravenhill sermons on on the internet. So, absolutely, absolutely. If you find any good sermons, you can always email them. Go to revelationsradionews.com, click on the contact tab, or you can just email Tim at timkilkenny.com. Send me, yep. send me sermons for my running. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's even better than other, than podcasts would be, would be sermons. So, yep, sermons and audio Bible and audio books and all kinds of stuff. So, thank you, Andrew, for getting all that stuff together. And uh, thank you, Tom, for coming on the show late notice and uh, spreading, spreading the word about the vi- or revival and uh, giving us some, some eyes and ears at least close to on the ground up there in east palestine and if anybody else knows anything about what's going on up there feel free to email us and, and let us know we had a train buff email in say hey this might have caused it and i think that's definitely a possibility and most likely the case but if anybody else knows anything that's going on up there that is the great part about the show is that we rely on you to send us a lot of the information so whatever andrew yes. can't dig out or i can't i can't run into then 
we rely on you guys. Yeah, and we, you know, I we're at a nice reach level where I feel like we can trust the people that we're hearing from. You know, yes. it's we're not worth like uh, a spooked to a, email a spook. In. Yeah, yeah, to try and get the the fake story out, it's not really worth it. So yeah, you know, yeah. we get we'll see the information that. we get are are. The people that reach out to us usually know more than we do. And, uh, you know, if not about stuff in general, especially about one particular thing. So it's very helpful. We'll save the spook fake information for Stu Peters out there. All the (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, I guess we'll catch you again next week. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say. We're